Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. This is the good stuff. Yeah. It's the Lab Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Richard Lusk. Over there is Ryan Bull. Howdy. This is the first day back for school for us. We're both English teachers, and we had some English teachery stuff to do. How was your day? My day was good. Met a lot of students. Did you ever get in a situation where you felt that you couldn't breathe? Or you wanted to draw some blood? No. No? I'm not a violent teacher. Well, then it's not apropos to today's episode but that's okay sorry <laughs> buzzkill i kind of felt like I, I was holding my breath a few times in joyful anticipation of the day's events yeah yeah so our two shows are our two we're going to talk about two movies today Ooh. two movies of um varying degrees of successfulness as far as i'm concerned and i'm not sure if they operate in the same genre or not i might ask you to to speak to that and i'm not sure exactly what direction we want to go with the show? Do we want to talk about both movies at once, or one, one first and then one afterwards? I think we should do one at a time. All right. Well, the two movies are Don't Breathe and then Bloodfather, which you would probably know if you've downloaded this on iTunes. And if you have, you should go there and give us a, a review, star rating, a review. Or you can contact us through our website at www.thelaughpodcast.com. Or you can also follow us on Twitter at... Uh, Twitter.com backslash the laugh podcast. Isn't it backslash? No, no we're ha- hashtag the laugh podcast. Oh, at the laugh podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can just hashtag <laughs> really up on the technological side. All right. But at any rate, the one movie that's out in theaters that you might still be able to see is uh, Don't Breathe. And it is a murder well, how do you put this may a horror cycle eh. suspense, suspense home invasion home, yeah there you go. home invasion a home invasion movie it's about a group of friends who break into the house of a wealthy blind man thinking they'll get away with a perfect heist and then they find out that they're very wrong that's according to imdb your lips look sore that's how you're making your cash out there <laughs> What do you say you and I move away from mom together? It's a promise. You're leaving? Yeah, as soon as I have the money. When are you coming back? Never. Yo, I got our ticket out of here. Rumor is this guy is sitting on at least 300K. Boom! That's her guy. Wait, is he blind? We messed up to rob a blind guy, isn't it? Just because he's blind don't mean he's insane, bro. good movie uh star steven lang people probably know him best as being the evil military guy from avatar avatars two through ten also <laughs> two through four i think right <laughs> now hopefully we can get to ten but james cameron's getting <sighs> up there in age i don't know uh, that that's a that's a different discussion also stars jane levy um and dylan minette i think are the main characters that are sort of menaced by steven lang daniel zavato stars in it as well as the extremely unlikable money, and uh, the star of the show is actually really dog. There's a dog. <laughs> I thought he was great, <laughs> but I didn't. I you know how I feel about dog menacing and the things that happen. I'm not going to ruin anything about that. 
This is directed by uh, Fede Alvarez, who did the uh, what Evil Dead remakes, mm-hmm. and um, he did it with uh, Jane Levy, the female lead. She okay. was in that. Yeah, because I haven't seen her in a whole bunch of other movies. I, I see that she's in the Twin Peaks television show. Oh, that's supposed to be coming out early next year, twenty seventeen. She's going to be in a, a movie by Macon Blair, which is now untitled. Laugh podcast fave Macon Blair of Blue Ruin and Green Room fa- uh, fame, I suppose. Um, and I think she's a voice in Monster Trucks. <laughs> Have you seen that? Where the trucks are alive. Are actually yeah, monsters, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's getting a January release, the traditional dumping grounds. So she's typecast into horror movie. <laughs> it's that's an easy way for females to get their starts in uh, films. Females. Uh, a lot of times females, you, you just you tend to have more female protagonists in horror films than you get in any other genre. That's why I say it. Because they have, you're, you're more likely to feel sorry for them or have some sort, mm-hmm. of, sort of empathy some um, sort of sympathy. I'm young sure. males oftentimes don't get to star in films. A lot of times they play the children of more famous actors. Like Dylan Minnette was the son of Hugh Jackman in Prisoners. Okay. Yeah, it's sort of a smaller role in that. Yeah. He's not the guy who gets... No, I think it's the daughter that gets uh, Kidnapped abducted. Kidnapped in that, yeah. Um, she sort of reminds me of... Uh, Jane Levy sort of reminds me of Gwen Stacy. The girl that played Gwen Stacy in the new uh, Spider-Man movie. Okay. Um, I can't remember her name. It's off the top of my head. But it's it's as if Feda Alvarez got a morally bereft Gwen Stacy and a uh, a little bit less likable Cameron Fry from Ferris Bueller's Day Off to attack a blind man's house. <laughs> and then hijinks ensue. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, it's an interesting film because we're supposed to feel for the home invaders who are trying to steal $300,000 from a blind man. You're supposed to have shifting sympathies in this movie. That's what it's leading you to do, and I'm wondering, was it successful for you in terms of engendering some sort of sympathy? Yeah, I guess I pulled for the home invaders more. (laughs) I never really pulled for Stephen Lane, the blind man, but I think some of that was from watching the trailer. I knew I wasn't supposed to like that guy. I don't think this movie shifts you back and forth enough to who you should feel sorry for. Um, there are some other movies we can talk about later that I think do a better job of making your loyalty shift and being more morally ambiguous. But I think as a suspense film, this film worked. At least while I was watching the film, I was entertained the whole time. I wasn't really horrified. I wasn't really scared. But I kept wondering where the film's going to go, and I didn't find myself checking my watch at all. And the movie only has an 88-minute runtime, but I felt you know, it was decently paced. It didn't feel like it went on too long or anything like that. Yeah, so. both of these movies move along at a pretty brisk pace. And Don't Breathe is, um, I, I suppose, if it were dragged out it it might add some levels of complexity at least in terms of the characters and maybe you could have could have formed that sense of sympathy but uh i think you would have lost a lot in the movie at least the movie that was presented i don't know if it would have made it any better to stretch it out but i'm not really sure well i have so many problems with the movie on its story level mm-hmm. and character that i that i wasn't really enjoying myself much but i noticed in terms of suspense and I've seen movies like this with you before. You you tend to jump more in movies. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a jump scare. You didn't jump in this movie. I did jump. 
the, at, at the first jump scare, it got me. The first me. jump scare, and got I laughed. Me too. And I, I laugh at myself when I jump. But after that, you didn't. I don't think he jumps. I don't think you jumped much. Well, I don't know. I yeah, no, I, like I said, I, you weren't holding hands or anything. But. No, I, I didn't get really scared. I mean, that first jump scare just comes out of nowhere and got me, but I, I wasn't really horrified or anything. Um, yeah, the, the movie's not really operating on a horrific level. I think they even cut away from some of the more gory things. Mm-hmm. Which was this a PG movie or no? no? This was rated R. I, they it wasn't could, very hard. No, it's not a hard R. Um, I mean, there is blood when characters get shot, but not a ton. They definitely minimize it. There aren't lingering looks at the gore, the violence. There really isn't a whole lot of gore. There is. There are a couple of shots that are dependent upon body fluids that earn the R rating. Yeah. And that's, I wonder, I wonder if once they got the R rating because of that, I know that they felt those shots were necessary, so they kept them in there. Once they left them in there, I wonder why they didn't go back and, I don't know, try to satisfy the hard R itch. I I, I don't know, but sometimes those hard R's scare away people from watching them. Well, this movie did extremely well in the box office, and I think it even won... Two weeks in a row. I was going to say three. It seems like it's been out for three. I think it's up to close to $90 million. Which is huge for, what, an eight, ten million dollar movie? Yeah, I think maybe a little bit more than that, but not much. I mean, it's... I went and looked. I'm like, could this be the sleeper of the summer? Sleeper hit. Oh, did it do better than Lights Out? Maybe. I think it's on pace to do better. And I Lights mean, th- this movie will hold up weekend. for another week or two because there's not a whole lot of horror coming out. This movie has legs. Yeah. I mean, they've timed it really well. A lot of times, late August is considered a dumping ground for films. But if you make a you know somewhat decent film, it's not a bad time to drop it because it can rack up a couple weeks in a row of you know strong box office, 10 to 20 million. And that adds up, especially on cheap films, you know, sub 15. Yeah, we had a disappointing uh, box office last week, with uh, at least in terms of the new releases. I think Morgan did not do well, which, in my estimation, I did see that movie. Morgan, it's a, for me, it's a lot better movie. Uh, what's the other movie that came out last week? I can't remember now. Uh, it was a big uh, release, a major release. The Light Between the yeah, Lighthouse. Between, I don't think that did very well in the box. I, like no. I said, Do- uh, Don't Breathe won it. Labor so, Day is one of the worst weekends to um, release a film, historically. There's one character in particular you're supposed to dislike and you do throughout, I suppose. I think if they had made some other changes or some changes to that character, the first character, uh, um, money, not the first, yeah, money played by Daniel Zavato. Yeah. I think that they could have made him less of a, of a stereotype and given, given him something else other than, I don't know, base carnal desires to operate on and then you would have you would have had more believability in terms of uh rocky played by jane levy staying with him or having anything at all to do with him same thing alex you don't understand why he's hooked up with the two of them i mean he likes rocky that's made clear very quickly but it feels like these people have been friends for quite a while yeah but yet they never really explain that backstory when you're depressed in a in a depressed city like detroit you just have to hang out with uh, similar people who are in. Well, I'm not sure that Alex is in a very stressful situation. Yeah, they never really go into his, his backstory. Life. It seems like his dad has a decent job. Yeah, you're not real sure where the other two characters. They definitely show that they're down and out. 
Yeah, I don't know. I like that it's set in Detroit. Yeah, uh, the movie it follows had the same usage of setting to add to that sense of isolation. It's hard to be in a city and find a place where you can, where there can be only one person, really. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that added to the, it added something to the movie that otherwise wouldn't have been there. But I don't know. It just to me, it just wasn't enough. There wasn't enough meat on the bone, and I didn't like. I didn't like any of the characters at any point. Mm-hmm. And, and I started to get a little bit of likability for Alex's character. And he mentioned something or says something about his motivations not to go on this robbery. And I was like, well, that that's admirable. But then I knew all along he was going to go on the robbery. So immediately my senses, my, I'm, I'm taken out of it. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if I don't have, I don't know if I need someone to root for in a movie. But I know in this case, I disliked all of them so much that it it didn't matter to me what happened necessarily, and then I just started picking it apart. That's fine. Do you generally like home invasion movies? Because I, I really I think remember. it's a subgenre. I, I tend to like those films. Uh, probably the most famous is The Purge. I'm not as big on that, but The Collector. You told me I one. liked The Purge. I can't remember liking The Purge. Oh, see, I didn't think you liked it. Yeah, I don't know. But um, Your Next is another one. I guess if you I like home invasion films, um, Straw Dogs, maybe, yeah. would you like this film? Well, Because this definitely is a genre film. And even just saying it's a horror suspense film, I'm not sure gives the listener enough information to know, is this a good film to go and watch? I think there are genre movies that I've seen that if they're done well, I'll like them. Like, um... I mean, it's easy and maybe trite to go right to any Coen Brothers movie, but when they do musicals, <laughs> I tend to, they're among my favorite movies. There's a movie coming out now, uh, this year that's getting a lot of buzz called La La Land. Mm-hmm. It's a musical. It's got Ryan Gosling in it, uh, but it's by Damien Chazelle, the director and of Emma Whiplash. Stone. Yeah, and Emma Stone. The, the actress from earlier that we couldn't think of the name uh, of. Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Gw- who, Gwen Stefani. Yeah, no, Gwen that's Stacy. Stacy, yeah, yeah Stefani's, uh, no that's doubt. A, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> some singer somewhere. Uh, my point was, if they're done well enough, I think I'm I'm okay with it. I liked It Follows a little bit better, and it, it's not. I know it's not a home invasion, but it's it's operating in the same realm of suspense and uh, you know teenagers imperiled and stuff like that. I mean, I I couldn't get over some basic plot level things. And that's just a function of who I am, but it interferes with my ability to enjoy a movie. If they, you could, I could make a few tweaks here and there to this movie, or the filmmakers could have made a few tweaks to the movie here and there, and and it would have, it would have elevated it some. I don't know if I ever really would have liked it. I did watch on Netflix Hush, mm-hmm. which is a movie about a woman who's uh, deaf who gets. Uh, it's like a home invasion movie. And I thought that was a much better movie. I mean, I. I I guess I felt for that character. I don't even know if that's important for me. Hmm. Uh, I think it was better. It was done better. And it it was smarter. And then 13 Cameras, which is also on Netflix or maybe Amazon Prime, is another sort of home invasion movie that I enjoyed a little bit more than this. So, I mean, to answer your question, I don't think it's a function necessarily of the genre because you convinced me to go to this um and it could have been any sort of genre. If it's a good movie, I'm going to like it. I, I don't know if this is a good movie. Well, I mean, the credits have been pretty positive. This is still in I the 80s. Wrong. 
I didn't mind the film. I, I mean, I was happy that I spent my money, and I do think this movie plays better in a theater, like most horror movies tend to do, than watching them at home. Well, it might unless be, it's a dark and stormy night and you're all alone. It, it might be easier to talk about my problems with the movie in spoilers. Okay. So, spoilers for uh, "Don't Breathe" will begin now. The man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. I think my problem was they're going to a blind man's house. Why do they try to rob it at night? Less police presence, less people they can see. I mean, I know they're in a secluded location. They also figure he's asleep during that time, so it'll be easier. They they try to gas bomb him or yeah, something. Yeah, well, that's when I thought about it. When they decide to gas him, mm-hmm. that's when I thought, well, if you're going to gas the guy asleep, well, why not just do it in the middle of the day? Well, because he's already in his bedroom. If you can or sneak better, in there and yeah. set it off, they never—that's what bothered me. They never explained why the gas bomb didn't, didn't work. work. Yeah, it, the, everything surrounding that gas—that <laughs> annoyed me. But they saw—you saw him outside of his house. You saw him walking around. They saw him walking around. Why not wait for a time when he's outside of his house walking around to break into the house? I, I just and have someone like, watch him while he's outside, and then if he's going to go in the house too soon. Someone approaches him and tries to lure him into conversation while the two accomplices escape. Or trip him. I mean, he <laughs> is blind. Yeah, I didn't like that they never threw down furniture and stuff to get in the way of Stephen Lang. Tie a rope somewhere. Yeah. There were some, I mean, I'm not going to nitpick. Those were big things for me. But also, another big thing was um, because the, these people make decisions to do this thing in... <laughs> based on a rumor that he might have $300,000. Rumor says he's got $300,000 in his house. And uh, that's all they really have to go on to to perform this heinous <coughs> crime. I thought, uh, that's not much to go on. And then the way they went about it was all wrong. And then I just really didn't feel the motivations of any of the other characters. Did you ever feel that these were master criminals? Or yeah, I didn't thought, you feel like well, these the were first- a bunch of dumb teenagers so they're going to do dumb teenage things well that dylan minette though had a had a plan with the first one i mean they they do go to the first one Mm -hmm. and they go through and it it works supposedly i get and i would assume that they've done this more than once um for the world's worst security company (laughs) but then, then that's the other thing the reveal the marketing of the movie destroys the movie for for someone that's watching the marketing closely like i wasn't surprised Mm-hmm. That there was this corp or this uh, this girl hidden in the closet, basement. basement or wherever she was. But the reason that he shoots money uh, through the head, Stephen Lang shoots money through the head, the old the deaf man, the blind man, is because he can't have the the cops come in there, right? I mean, he can't have any sort of cops come in there, so he's just going to kill these kids and bury them somewhere, I, right? I, I guess that, or he noticed that the door was broken. That goes downstairs, and he's not sure what the guy's seen at that point. He, you know, he has to assume the guy's been downstairs. I just can't. So understand. maybe he kills him because he's afraid he's seen something. Well, there's that. Yeah, there's that element. But my point was, if you have, if you have abducted somebody and put him in your basement, whether or not you have a padlock on the door, why have a security system that's going to bring cops to your house at all? I mean, he's got a pretty, I mean, it's really the thing that kind of undoes him is the fact that he has a security system and he has, he's his own security system. He didn't need that. That's, 
that security system never would have helped him in any way. There's there's no sense for him to have it when he's got 27 locks on the door and barred windows. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that bothered me. It just it just it bothers me. It bothers me. Fair enough. I, I think they could have tried to hide the girl downstairs better. You know, had some false wall or something. <coughs> so the guy had, you know, believability in, in that his house could be searched and the girl wouldn't be found. Something like that. Yeah, that's but, what I mean. Little tweaks. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you this. If I hadn't seen the trailer and known that there was something other than these two kids in the basement, it would have been a much better movie for me. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is that these some of these critics that are giving them that much credit hadn't had the movie spoiled for them. Quite possible. Then they started writing reviews and spoiling the movie. Yeah, that tends to happen. Yeah, so, so it, anyway, it is what it is. That's Don't Breathe. <laughs> now, the other movie that we both got a chance to watch on uh, DirecTV for you or Amazon? Uh, DirecTV. Was Bloodfather, which is similarly rated on Rotten Tomatoes at actually 86%, same as, um, same as Don't Breathe. And it stars Mel Gibson. And Aaron Moriarty. Missing Link Tattoo. Dad. I'm here. I need cash. Fast. Yes, I am dead. Just stay put till I get there. See, my boyfriend, he got shot. There are a lot of people looking for me. How long you been doing this? Tell me the truth. You found her. She's coming down hard off something. Get her into detox. I just met the girl for the first time in years. I just don't feel like handing her over to a bunch of strangers. Want that too? I'm not open. I'm so sorry. It's good to meet your friends. Always pick the wrong rednecks. <laughs> Come on, man, let's go. I got no idea how you piss guys like that off. What do they want from you? They worked for my boyfriend. Please don't hurt her. I killed him. Lydia Carson could be traveling with John Lake. That warrant is for me. You could go home. You got raised by three stepfathers. Should have been me. I'm a murderer. And you'll face God for it. But not yet. Now, this is a movie about an ex-convict and his estranged daughter who go on the run from her drug-dealing boyfriend and his vicious cartel. Uh, I think this movie proved that Mel Gibson could have done the same thing that Tom Hardy did in Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, could have re- he could have reprised his oh, role? Oh, yeah, he could have reprised his role. Oh, easily. yeah, he was supposed to reprise his role back in like 2005, 2006. They were like four weeks away from shooting another Mad Max film when funding, you know, fell away. It would have been harder to understand any sort of uh, sexual tension between the two main characters in that movie. Oh, if Mel Gibson. Furiosa. I, yeah, I'm Furiosa. not sure if she was in the Mel Gibson draft or script, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. I mean, this, this movie is essentially Mel Gibson. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Mad Max. He is Mad Max. Set in the Southern States of America. As a tattoo artist. Um, a modern day's Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. Pre-apocalypse. I mean, he's got the motorcycle. He does pretty good stuff with guns. He's, it's that Mel Gibson that you loved watching in the nineties and early aughts before you went crazy and, you know, raving about, uh, the Jews. Has anyone, well, I guess you could say Bill Cosby, <laughs> who has done a better job at derailing their own credibility and career. 
than Mel Gibson. Could be, but he, I mean, and while well, he's supposed to be on the way back up. And this movie proves he's got the acting chops. Oh, he, he's always been a good actor. And a couple of years ago, he was in The Beaver that J- Jodie Foster directed. part of his comeback. Oh my gosh, that was but so good. But he really good. hadn't, and maybe, he, maybe it was too soon. I think it was too soon. But now, starring in this, solid film, and then he's directing a film called Hatsaw Ridge, which... Huge critical it, acclaim. Yeah, could be an early uh, best picture. Are you uh, are you willing to put your money down on that? No. Oh, okay. No, I mean, th- there's a lot coming out this fall. We'll have to do a preview show early on. But I think Bloodfather is a good return to form for Mel Gibson and makes us remember what we like about Mel Gibson. And by far, he carries this movie. He is such a better actor than everyone else in this film. Oh, yeah, clearly. Um, I think uh, Aaron Moriarty playing his daughter Lydia does a... a admirable job trying to bring something to her character but her character is so all over the place that her performance comes off very poorly and that might just be the director having her do multiple versions of her character in scenes and then not doing a good job in the editing room of bringing coherence yeah you you've made this argument before some other movies. well there are moments in this film where it suddenly jumps forward in time <laughs> and you feel like laughing to crying yeah, d- did I miss something? I had to go back and rewind it because yeah. I thought, am I just getting too tired? I was watching this movie at night. Like, do I need to go to bed? And I'm like, no, I, I didn't miss anything, but I felt like I had zoned out for 45 seconds. Uh, was it a problem with the actress or the character? Because the way the character is written and the way it's presented on film is a different thing. Than, like, yeah. The actress to me wasn't unappealing. And I'm not sure, except for one scene I can think of, that the that it was they didn't sexualize her that much early on i think there was that sort of i don't know weird scene with her it's just so unbalanced and even that even that scene the the initial scene where we where we meet her is so choppy i guess mm-hmm. is a good word to describe it that Which, it it does it does a disservice to her as an actress when you're making these choices yeah and that's what bothers me cuz the writer of this film is peter craig and he did the town, which I think is a pretty good action film. Mm-hmm. He also did the last two uh, Mockingbird movies. He did Mockingjay oh. one and two, or uh, Hunger Games movies. He did Mockingjay one and two, and that f- f- has a strong female protagonist in it. Mm-hmm. And I think he writes pretty good female characters. Well, maybe it's the director's fault. Jean Francois Richet directed Misrine one and two. Did you ever watch those? I haven't caught up with those uh, yet. Don't sleep on Misrine one and two. I know. I've, I've heard you talk yeah, about. It's pretty it. good. Uh, Vincent Cassell. Yeah. Uh, it's about the fame, mo- uh, the most famous French uh, criminal or something. So yeah, yeah, criminal action movie director with the arguably one of the, I mean maybe the best action star. Except he took that dip in his career. Mel Gibson. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I, yeah, I, I mean, but, can I make that argument that Mel Gibson is? One of the best, act, I mean, in the top ten action stars. Yeah, I mean, if he hadn't have, you know, gone off on the Jews and then went off on his wife, he probably would have been able. But I don't know. Maybe he was going in different directions with his acting. And he was also going into directing too. So yeah, more and more, and, and having success with that. Yeah, sure. Mel Gibson definitely a, a very solid '90s action star. The Lethal Weapon movies, Braveheart, Patriot, stuff like that. Definitely, there's always an intensity to Mel Gibson that works. I think the problem is you have this French director doing american west southwest yeah i don't know and this like love of biker gangs and stuff uh 
definitely he's a fan of like the Tarantino and Kevin Smith. He uh, has Michael Parks in this film as Preacher, who uh, Mel Gibson used to right. work for. And Michael Parks is this actor. I don't know. Maybe our audience knows him from Tusk, where he plays this crazy guy who's obsessed with walruses. Right. He's been in a bunch of Kevin yeah, Smith his movies, movies were and so stuff. Scattered as well. I mean, not his movie. His um, that character. But I mean, was all over the place. you feel like they brought in Michael Parts to just do Michael Parts for fifteen minutes. Same thing with William H Macy. Yeah. makes an appearance. He comes in. He plays William H Macy. But it's cool to watch William H Macy and Mel Gibson act on screen together. And I thought that that that, that interaction was fine. Mm-hmm. I actually like that was the strong point in the movie. One of the strong points, anyway. Um, the action was decent enough. I mean, I don't know if there was enough in it for me. I would have liked some more and I would have liked it to make sense more again, going back to don't breathe. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm more willing to give this movie a pass on, um, credulity as opposed to don't breathe. Maybe, maybe I'm holding them both to too high of a standard, but, uh, actually I'm sort of arguing that I'm holding this up to a low standard. But I, I think uh, this is just one of those movies that just never came together. I think all the parts were fine. The story's fine. I think for the most part, they assembled a lot of good actors. Mm-hmm. But just for whatever reason, it didn't all gel. And I've heard actors talk about when you're on set, you don't really know if this is going to be a good movie or a bad movie. Right. And a lot of times people's gut feeling is terribly wrong. Tom Hardy thought Mad Max Fury Road was just this convoluted mess right. and, i mean he was screaming at the director and his co-stars and it turns out to be this masterpiece of cinema and of editing all right there's another actor in this movie diego luna who plays jonah he reminded me of the mexican miles teller i mean but, for uh, me he'll always be the guy from it to mama tambien oh really yeah uh, and that was apparently his big break uh he also had the starring role in dirty dancing havana nights ah i didn't see that movie either <laughs> that explains it you didn't watch a musical? I've never seen Diego Luna, no. I will watch La La Land, though. Uh, I'm surprised that people are willing to give this movie such high praise. I mean, it is what it is, but critics don't normally judge movies on genres. I mean, I don't think they do. I think that sometimes, and they seem to me to be somewhat harsh to Mel Gibson, or they have been in the past. Yeah, maybe they're getting over it. And you're right. A lot of times critics don't go for these pulpy type of movies or biker. I I don't know exactly where to categorize this. I guess it's an action film, though there are only two or three action scenes in the whole film. What do you call it? Tex-Mex pulp? I don't know. Yeah. Tex, Tex-a-pulp? It's its own specific genre. Like... um Get the Gringo, Mel Gibson's other movie of this in this sort oh, of yeah, genre. Yeah. But Get the Gringo's a better film. Yeah, but nobody saw it. That's my point. Everybody, and I think it might have been more panned critically. It might have done Probably. a little bit better with critics than audience. But I don't but know. no, it, it's it's good to see Mel Gibson back on screen. I actually just caught up with the Expendables three, where Mel Gibson plays the antagonist of that film, and it's fun to watch him in that. Though he, he's not in a ton of the film. Yeah, but. You know, it's just, it's good to see him back on screen. I don't think he's in Hacksaw Ridge. I think he's just directing it. I believe so, yeah. Right. So, uh, spoilers? Sure, man. We can spoil this movie right now. The man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. I don't want to spoil. 
So when uh, were you surprised when her boyfriend showed up again? No. They didn't do a very good job of setting up a surprise there. No, the way he was shot, it just yeah, just yeah, made me feel oh he's not really dead. Plus, she's carrying her cell phone with her the whole time. She doesn't realize, and that that's another thing. I think they even mentioned that they can track you with your cell phone, and she's still what? Why is is he making a comment there? You think the director or the screenwriter is making a comment about how kids are so attached to their phones now? That even when their life is at risk, they can't just leave it. They can't just leave that phone somewhere. She, she's waiting for her daddy to call and say he's all right. Because he had to go off somewhere and couldn't be bothered to take her with him. Right. But she could also say, hey, dad, they're tracking me with this phone. They're sending me text messages telling me how they're going to come after me. Is it that she's that dumb? Yeah. But the, someone said they can track you with your phone before that. I guess she's just that dumb. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a weakness of the script. Get yeah. her a different phone, leave town. I mean, Mel Gibson has to go and travel for the better part of a day to go visit that prison. Why? 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 Because that guy is going to explain to him everything. How? Why this... couldn't he take her with him? I, I agree. Let her watch a movie near the prison. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or watch, or or watch the motorcycle because he's only in there for five minutes. Right? I don't think he spends a whole lot. Of, he doesn't spend the whole day with him. No. But with, he had to go with the and Godfather. get a suit. The suit was inside of the uh, motorcycle. Oh, he just carries he around just a suit He just pulled it out. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, that thing's cleanly pressed. I noticed fits that. Fits him to a T. Well, I noticed It was that. a nice looking suit. <laughs> yeah. So. so. Not, not a great film. It's not bad for a Saturday afternoon to watch. If you could have taken out the parts that deal with the girl... Which is the whole movie. Uh, well, <laughs> then it's a great movie. <laughs> I think this is a movie you could watch on like TNT and it goes to commercial breaks. So you flip around the channels and you don't go, you don't get back to it for like 20 minutes. So you miss some in the movie, but you don't this miss movie, a lot. You wouldn't have any trouble catching back up. I'm going to make a, a streaming recommendation that's similar to that. All right. So we'll, we'll see how that works. Of the two films, Don't Breathe and Bloodfather, which do you think is the better film and people should go see? Uh, <sighs> I don't know if I can recommend either one of these movies personally. I don't know if, like, I'm thinking the average moviegoer goes to six or seven movies a year. Maybe even less than that. This shouldn't be in the six or seven movies you go see. Neither one of these should. Unless you're a Mel Gibson completist, and then I would say go see this movie. Or a horror aficionado. Go see Don't Breathe. People like it, so, I mean, Uh, I'm not the one really to ask if you should go see Don't Breathe. You're the one they should ask. Should you see Don't Breathe? I think if you like horror movies, Don't Breathe is fine. And I think of the horror movies that have come out so far this year in theaters, this is possibly the best one. Not that it's been a great year for horror movies. I don't know if I've seen any in theater other than this. You know, you cashed in a lot of chips on that pick, forcing me to go see Don't Breathe. That's fine. All right. I mean, it was that or we could have done Hands of Stone, and that's gone just lamb blast. I think it's at like 40% on Rotten Tomatoes now, so... Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. You're, you're going to make me watch Star Wars here in a couple months. This show. You have to do it for the show. We didn't oh, have to do Don't oh, Breathe for oh, the show. Yeah. Yeah. We did have to do a review. Is all there right. anything that you're interested in seeing this week that you think we might be talking about next week? Sully. Sully. Uh, my friend has a dog named Sully. So I always think of Sully. Sully the dog. My one friend that it, I have. It always comes Sully. back around. Yeah. It always comes Four back around. Yes, it does. Mr. Bull. Yes, it does. So, Mel Gibson was also the screenwriter 
or one of the screenwriters for Get the Gringo. Hmm. And so this quote comes from Get the Gringo. He actually is a voiceover narration. Well, boys and girls, there's nothing worse than a sad clown. Unless it's a clown bleeding internally and coughing all over your money. <laughs> Get the gringo. So, for Mr. Bull over there. It's been a pleasure. I am Mr. Lusk. Pox have on him, everybody. There be dragons. Are you going to the movies this weekend? Let Laugh know what you saw. Send in your review by emailing the show at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweeting at the Laugh Podcast, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash the Laugh Podcast. The best comments will get read on a future show. Welcome to the good stuff. Yeah. It's the last podcast. Wow, that's enthusiasm. You it, was, said, it was smooth jazz. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Smooth jazz. This is episode number 175. I'm your host, Richard Lusk. What's wrong? Nothing. We nailed that intro. I thought so. <laughs> you want to do another intro? All right. For you. Anything. For me? Aw. <laughs> now we have an outtake. <laughs>